Welcome to Eagle's Nest Forum with Dr. Beecher Moorfield, an internationally known expert on biblically-based leadership and minister-to-ministers who will share thoughts from the Word of God on successful living. Now, let's join Dr. Moorfield for today's message. But I had two choices, rebuke him, since I didn't pastor that church, that took that choice away. So I stood and walked out. I refuse, particularly where the speaking of God, the word God's word is concerned, to sit and submit myself to, to gross misrepresentations of the word of God. Now, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. I'm not going to allow myself to be embalmed with unbelief. And if you sit and listen to something like that, just pour into you over and over and over again. Now, this is a hard saying, my brothers and sisters. But if you sit and listen to that over and over and over and over again, you're violating the scriptures when Jesus said to himself, take heed what you hear. Because faith comes by hearing, but so does doubt and unbelief. And then Jesus also said, take heed how you hear. Now that's why I get up and walk out sometimes. When I was pastoring a church, if a man violated the integrity of the Word of God, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about getting fuzzy. I'm talking about sharp error in the Word. I would correct it at that moment. I'd get up and go to the pulpit and correct it. I don't know of anybody who is angry with me today because I did that to them and the ones I've done it to are still alive. But they have told me on more than one occasion that they are grateful that I did that. Okay? And the reason they're grateful is because they were looking for truth in the Word of God. They were, and, and they realized after it was after the event, they realized that what they had gotten caught up in was the tradition of men and something to just cause somebody to cry. Causing somebody to cry does not mean you're moving with the Spirit of God. It means you've touched the nerve. You've touched an emotion. Okay? So, if, if, I had the, if I had the biblical authority to cut it off at the point of, of, of origin, then that's my, that's my position. But if I do not have that biblical authority, the way, I take, the way I take heed how I hear is by two options. One is to get up and leave so that I do not subject myself to it. The other is to pray in the Spirit while I have to, if I, if I have to remain to pray in the spirit while it's going on. Jesus, Jesus said when at the tomb of Lazarus, when Martha came out, how did Jesus respond to her every time she opened her mouth? With the word. Now again, I've told you this many times, she went back and, and lied to Mary and said, the master calls for you. He hadn't called for her. But she lied, so Mary went out. And Mary came out in her innocence of having been deceived to come out there and begin to say the same kinds of things Martha had said. And what did Jesus do when Mary came out speaking the same thing? He answered with a word and then he groaned in himself or in the spirit. What was he doing? 
He was groaning in the Spirit. The Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. What happens when the Holy Spirit does that in us? We build ourselves up on our most holy faith. You see, Jesus realized what you're saying can't take my faith away from me, but what you're saying can tear me down. Tear me down. Are you with me? Okay. That's why when, when, when symptoms, when, when, and when a demonic attack comes against my body, you're not going to get me to say I'm sick. Why? Because if I begin to speak the doubt and the unbelief, it's I, I'm already tearing myself down. The enemy is trying to do that, and I'm helping him. And then at a certain level, I'll begin to speak doubt and unbelief. Okay, so I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going. I'm going to stop him every way I can. And God is faithful. So Jesus groaned in the spirit. He built himself up. On his most holy faith, because he knew that in the tomb, just a short distance from him, was a man already alive waiting to be called forth. Because he said the day before, my friend Lazarus sleeps, I'm going to wake him up. And then when he gets to the tomb, all the people were saying, behold, because he wept. Behold how he loved him. If he had been here, could not even he have, could he not even have stopped that Lazarus should have not? They were embalming the air with unbelief. And once again, what did Jesus do? He groaned in the spirit. Why? Because what they were saying was tearing him down on his faith. It wasn't hurting his faith. It was hurting him and his ability to use his faith. God help us. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Lord, I pray for people tonight who are in places in life where they are forced because of their place in life, their position. They are forced to put up with garbage and doubt and unbelief being spoken around them. Would you open their eyes tonight, Father, and show them that there's a way they don't have to let them tear them, let that tear them down on their faith? You don't have to, that they don't have to allow that to weaken them, that by groaning in the spirit, by praying in the spirit, when that happens, by taking heed how they hear, that that not only becomes an effective deterrent to the doubt and unbelief, but it also builds them up on their most holy faith. So when the time comes to exercise faith against that garbage, their word has impact. Their word has power. Do that for them, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody that agreed said amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Last week we talked about Blessed are they that are merciful, for they shall see mercy. Uh, no, yeah, all right, Lord. Haven't finished there yet. When people do not have to give 
and truly want to give, they need to go to the Lord and say, Father, give me seed to sow. And God will give them seed to sow. But let me warn you, my brother, my sister, if that is you, don't eat your seed. If you need seed to sow and you ask God for seed to sow, He'll give you seed. Don't eat it, sow it. Now I'm done. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, the first word mercy there, blessed are the merciful, people full of mercy. All right. That has to, that has to do with chesed. That's the Hebrew word for mercy. Uh, if you see the word chesed, did you hear how I said it? Can, can you go? Okay. Now, now in, in Spanish, in Spanish, when you, have a single R at the beginning of the word or at the end of a word, you have to roll it. Okay? So if your name is Red, in Spanish we would call you Rojo or Rojo. Okay? Red. Rojo. That first R has to be rolled. Uh... uh if you were to be using the word um, uh, for uh, 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 singular, in Spanish that is singular. Am I right about that? Singular, singular, singular. But in, if you say that in Spanish, it's singular. It's a double, it's a flip on the R. Yeah, it's a roll. Two R's is a roll. Okay, el rojo, el singular, or singular. You hear that little flip, okay? If it's in the middle, you don't hear that flip. If it's a single R in the middle, like in the word, uh, the word for, uh, for work is trabajo. Tra, trabajo, tra, you got one little flip, trabajo. Little, one little time, one time, okay? In the Hebrew language, there are words that begin, if you were to see it written in an anglicized version of the Hebrew letter, it looks like a small case H, and then right under the H is a dot or a period under it. It's a Here's the line. Okay, has everybody got this? Okay, here's the, here's the line. You make the H, and then right here is a dot. That gives it the sound. It's not k, which would be the thought if somebody saw it printed in some, some references printed C-H-E-S-E-D, but that could also be chesed. Some translations or reference manuals spell it K-H-E-S-E-D, which would be more like the k, chesed, but it's not chesed and it's not chesed. It is chesed. <laughs> you got that? Just go. And with that, add acid. Make the... <laughs> say that with me. Acid. 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 Now do it quickly. Acid. Acid. You got that? That's what the word is. And that's the Hebrew word for mercy. But there's more to it than that. <laughs> 
<laughs> there's, there's more to it than that. Let's talk about that tonight. In, uh, let's see. <laughs> do you love the Lord? I sure do. Praise the Lord. Yep. Bear with me while I find this. You've had you've had your free free lesson tonight on Hebrew from a from a non scholar. Help me again, Frank. I know this is in I, I know this in Chronicles. Yep. Verse 13. That's where I was looking. Second Chronicles. Yep. Second Chronicles. And sometimes you get to looking for something in a little hurry like that and you just go right past it. I know that's never happened to anyone else here. Chapter 5. I have to find the right one. I can hardly wait to get both these eyes seeing the same thing. Praise you, Jesus. All right, Second Chronicles chapter 5. To correspond with Dr. Moorfield, you may contact him on his website at eaglesnestforum.com or join him on Facebook at facebook.com slash Eagles Nest Forum. And be sure to subscribe to the Eagles Nest Forum YouTube page at youtube.com slash at sign Eagles Nest Forum. Join us again next time for another inspiring message by Dr. Beecher Morfield.